some various dog stories not related to politics. And uh, would you trust me with house sitting your dog? Or dog sitting your dog? Or sitting on your dog? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Let's talk about dogs, because why not? So, I ate a piece of dog food the other day. It wasn't bad. It tasted like, uh, it tasted like grape nuts, but like, I don't know if they put sugar in grape nuts, but it tasted like how grape nuts would taste if you took out whatever sugar is in grape nuts. Just very, there's no salt and no sugar, and then grape nuts. So basically, grape nuts is a crunchy cereal, if you didn't know. And I've eaten store-bought food for pets, uh, I think four times in my life now. When I was a kid, I ate a, like a little kid, I ate a piece of cat food. It was, I mean, you know, you don't go back. You don't go back for more, but it's not terrible. You know, I think if it was, you know, if you're in a post-apocalyptic world, a 40-pound bag of dog food would probably be just the ticket. I mean, I buy the cheap stuff, so it's basically just grain. It's just, uh, I think it's just like wheat and corn. You know, like the, they grade wheat and corn by, I don't know, parts per million of dead bug or whatever. And so dog food is probably just the exact same wheat and corn that you get in your bread or your chips. But, uh, you know, it just has a few extra parts per million of uh, dead bug in it. So when I was a kid, I had a bite of, I had a piece of cat food. And also when I was pretty young but older, um, I had a bite of a milk bone. I think that was better. Um, I actually looked up, like, I had a cat that died, got killed by wild animals, and then... I was left over with a whole bunch of cat food, and then I got this little dog. So I was like, oh, I'll just feed all this cat food to the little dog. But I went and looked it up online, and I think cat food has a higher fat content, higher oil percentage than dog food, so you're not supposed to feed it to your dog. And so I think I didn't. I think I fed it to him a little bit, and he liked it just fine, and then I stopped feeding it to him, and I'm... Here I am, you know, years later, stuck with a ton of frickin' cat food. I guess I could eat it. You know, humans can eat pretty much whatever they want. A little bit of, a little bit of oil mixed in with your uh, wheat. Uh, no problemo. Alright, so now you've heard three of the times I ate some pet food. Uh, the next one, it was sick. It was gross. So I had a buddy who had a little dog, and he was buying treats for it, and he bought some begging bits. I think that's what they're called. And basically, they call it, you know, they, they call it begging, like a dog begs for food, but it's like a play on words, and what they mean is bacon. And so the treat looks like a little strip of bacon, you know, that's like a little cooked strip of bacon, kind of. It's not, it's not crisp. It's not bacon. First off, it's not bacon. I don't know what they make it out of, but it, they make it out of something a lot cheaper than bacon. But they just got some sort of machine that kind of puts dye into it, so you get like the little wavy red stripe and the white stripe and the red stripe and the white stripe and then you just have a giant machine that just goes wham 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 and just produces all these little bacon bits that look like fake bacon and so me and my buddy i don't know we must have been drinking or something and we're like let's try it i mean it doesn't look that bad i you know i only now know don't eat bacon bits but um you would think you would think that one would be better you'd think that one would taste like bacon like a you know a dog treat that tastes like bacon i mean how bad could that be and the answer was, it tasted terrible. It didn't taste like bacon. I don't remember what the flavor was, but it was bad. But the thing that really sucked about it is it, it's made out of this kind of waxy... It has the consistency of wax. 
And when that wax touches your teeth, it does not come off your teeth. And so basically it's not, you know, you know, you, you, there's lots of things that taste bad. Like, you know, uh, you can eat a hot pepper, like a hot, you know, a jalapeno or something. Like if you, you know, if you want to, if you want to trick someone at a party, be like, Hey, I'll eat a jalapeno if you eat a jalapeno. And then while they're chewing their jalapeno, you just swallow yours like a pill and problem solved. Or actually habanero. A friend of, a friend of mine did that to me where I chewed it with a habanero. And it was right when I was talking to a hot girl and then... I couldn't do nothing for the next hour but just deal with the fact that my mouth was on fire and snot was coming out and my eyes were running. Anyways, I didn't talk to that girl again. Ever again, really. Makes me think of Dazed and Confused when the one of the freshman boys is talking to a girl and the other freshman boys are like, come on, let's get out of here. He's like, wait, man, I, I was getting there. And they're like, boy, you weren't getting there and you wouldn't know what to do if you had gotten there. So let's get out of here. So that's what happened to me with the habanero talking to a hot girl at a party. But anyways, those begging bits, they stick to the teeth, they stick to your teeth, they taste terrible, and you got about five minutes before your saliva finally dissolves it off. I mean, I don't know, maybe a electric toothbrush would have worked or something. I just, I just dealt with it. I think I just drank more beer, which has no effect on wax. Alright, and so, I think about five years ago, I used to do some dog sitting for some friends. Like I had moved to a new city for work. So I had a job, a little crappy apartment, and I didn't have any friends or family, whatever, within a hundred miles. So basically I would just go to work and then go home to my crappy apartment. And then, well, okay. So I did, I, you know, I kind of had some friends in the area. Basically it was friends of friends. And it was, you know, the husband and a wife, and they had some dogs, and just the wife, she just freaking loves dogs. She loves her dogs, like, as much as anyone has ever loved a dog. And so when they would go on vacation, um, they would pay me to dog sit. And like I say, I had a crappy apartment, and they had, like, a big fancy house with cable TV and everything. And, uh, and then they'd pay me, I think it was like $50 a day. You know, not a ton of money, but... $50 a day to hang out in a better house and have cable TV sounded good to me. And so there was three dogs. I mean, boy, like I would go, I'd have to go over there <laughs> on a day before the house sitting or the dog, the dog sitting began and house sitting, house sitting slash dog sitting. And I would go over there and I would take a pad, a pad of paper and a pencil. And I would just write down all the things that I had to do. And like these dogs were like, one of the, you'll hear, one of the dogs was sick, but the other two dogs weren't sick. And every one of them was getting like, okay, you feed them at this time, and you put this many drops of this kind of, you know, whatever, probably bullshit medicine. You put the bullshit medicine drops on the dog food in the morning and not in the evening. Anyways, it was just a long list of stuff. And like, and whatever, I just, I did it. I did whatever, whatever she wanted me to do, I did it. Because who cares? It wasn't difficult, just showing you that like this lady really... I don't know. She, I mean, she had, she had like, a, I think she paid extra to have a vet who was like on 24 seven phone call. Like I never called the vet, but like, you know, she gave me this number and I, there was a 24 seven vet that I could call at any time if there was some sort of problem, for instance. And I think, you know, she was like always going to this vet, like saying, Oh, can we put, I don't know what I was doing, fish oil or whatever, whatever it was, but she'd like go to the vet and like, basically she's like, how can I spend more money on these dogs? And the vet is like, well, if you want to spend more money, you could put this into their food or you could do this for them. And so she chose all those options. 
And so two of the dogs were Labradoodles, and they were nice dogs, and they were not puppies, thank God. And then there was this third dog. So this lady's, I think it was her sister, or maybe her aunt, I don't know. Anyways, one of her relatives had been like a spinster who had a dog, and they died. And so... I think, you know, I think this lady got like hundreds of thousands of dollars in the lady's will and also got this super old little dog. And so I house sat the three dogs, I think two times before it died. And so the first time I house sat it, it was like there was, you know, there's the big bag of, I'm sure, very fancy dog food for the two normal dogs. Plus there was other, you know, there's a, there's a small bag of some special medical dog food for this old dog. And you had to put a whole bunch of drops of this and that into the dog food. And I forget all what. But you had to do a whole bunch of medical crap for this little old dog that was in ill health. But the story is kind of funny because so it's just it's this old dog. It's in terrible health. Obviously, I mean, this lady would have taken care of the dog anyways. But, you know, it came with, it came with you know, 500, a check of $500,000 or something. You're really going to take care of this dog good, you know, just morally that you know that's what's right if someone gives you a half million dollars you take care of their dog real good but in any case so i took care of it one time it was in terrible health you had to do all this crap and then the next time i took care of him something something had gone wrong um because like you know you had to feed it like you take the two dogs and put them in one room to feed them and the other dog in another room so they couldn't get at each other's food but they'd had some sort of accident where it turns out this old sick dog was just eating the relatively cheap dog food that the other dogs were eating. And it did that for a while. And all its, all its ailments, all its medical problems cleared up. And so that was kind of funny. Turns out relatively cheaper dog food was better for the dog. Basically medicine. Sometimes medicine will make you sick. Make you sicker. And so it was better off for a little while. And then it died. And I never dog sat that one again. All right, and another story similar to that one. Uh, I had a buddy, he had a little dog. The little dog was real sick one time. I forget, I don't know. I don't think we ever knew what was wrong with it, but the dog got real sick. And he was worried that, well, whatever. He was worried about the dog. And this happened like, I think it was on a weekend, late at night or something like that. Maybe it was just a weekend. But in any case, he's like, this dog is so sick, I need to take it to a vet. And then it's like, oh, because of the time of the day and the day of the week, all the vet clinics were closed. Couldn't take it to a vet. But it turns out, like 100 miles away, there was a 24-hour, 24 24-7 uh, vet clinic. And so he put the sick dog into the car, and he started driving the 100 miles to get to the vet clinic. And I don't know exactly how much this 24-7 vet clinic costs, but apparently it's fabulously expensive compared to a normal vet, which ain't that cheap either. And so he's driving there, he's driving there, and the clinic is near a Costco. And my buddy's just, you know, the, I think I think this whole drive there, he's thinking about how freaking expensive this thing is going to be, and he doesn't want to pay all the money. And so when he gets there, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to pull into this Costco parking lot and just wait a little while and see what happens. And I think him and the dog, they sat there in that parking lot at Costco for about an hour, and the dog started feeling better so whatever it had went it went away and he's like sweet and he turned around and he drove the 100 miles home all right this story's a little gross so you can turn it off now if you want but so i think it's that same dog the same dog that sat in the costco parking lot 
Many years later, it died. I mean, like, of old age. It was way old. And I live in a rural area with lots of land, and so my buddy brought the dog over to my property, and he's like, let's bury this dog, this dead dog. I think he had, like, in a trash bag or something. It was gross. But, so anyways, we dug a hole, and where I live, it's just nothing but rock. You got about two inches of soil on top of rock. Not bedrock, but rocks the size of, like, uh... It goes it goes from like the size of a marble up to the size of a basketball. And it's just mixed in together. It's a river rock. It's all rounded off. Anyways, it's very hard to shovel through it. So when you're digging a hole, you don't like to dig a big hole. So we dug a, you know, we dug a little hole. It was a little dog. We dug a little hole. And then I had a bright idea. I had some gravel sitting around. I was like, okay, if we, if we put it in this basically shallow grave, I'll put gravel on top of it. And my idea was like, Raccoon, around here you got like raccoons and skunks and foxes, mostly. That would be, and old possums. That's what, that, that's what would be trying to get it into the shallow grave. And I was like, raccoons, skunks, possums, and foxes, they're not going to dig through gravel. So I covered it up with gravel. And the answer is, I think all four of those animals will dig through gravel like nobody's business. And so like, you know, this, this happened a few times before I got serious about it. But I would go out there, and it would just be like, I don't know. There'd be like a spleen or something. It'd be like, you know, the, the gravel would be moved aside, and there'd be like a spleen kind of being hauled off out of the body and left a few feet away. And I'd have to, like, put it back in there and put the gravel back on, and then the same thing would happen. you get some other weird organ, very gross entrails. And uh, long story short, what I ended up doing was put a big piece of steel over the top and then driving a truck on top of that piece of steel. Because you just can't dig a deep hole here. And then I left that truck there for a couple years, and that seems to have solved the problem. Okay, and I don't know if I told this story before, but my little dog, he's a, he's a saving train dog. I got him during COVID when it was, like, really hard to get a dog. Because um, everyone was getting a dog because they couldn't go nowhere, I guess. And so, I think I have talked about this. But anyways, I wanted a little dog, and the local uh, Humane Society place... Like, all they got is, like, adult pit bulls. Like, you can't, you can't get puppies. I didn't want a puppy. But the things you cannot get are puppies and small dogs. And so I wanted a small adult dog, which they never have with the Humane Society. But there was this one thing, you know, I called, I called, I talked to the lady. I, you know, I called up the lady, like, hey, you got any dogs? She's like, no. I'm like, man, it's so hard to get dogs. She's like, well, you know, there's this thing called the saving train. And I'm like, well, tell me more. Well, that makes me think. So I don't know. I don't know if it was the same lady, but uh, in this the city that I used to live in, the local news. I think like every Friday or something would have a humane society person come on the morning news program that I used to watch before going to work, and they would bring like a, a dog or a cat, and they would tell you the animal's name and say, hey, come on down if you want to adopt this or some other dog or a cat. And anyways, the girl that they used to send there, um, you know, she must have been a Humane Society volunteer, was super hot. So I don't know if I was talking to the hot one. I probably wasn't. But anyways, I can imagine I was. I was like, tell me more. And so she's like, yeah, so there's a saving train thing where dogs from Fresno, Fresno, California, of all places, um, which is the poorest big city in California, shithole, I think, uh, dogs from Fresno are brought up and it's called the saving train, brought up to Oregon. 
And so basically you just kind of had to watch the, the website like a hawk and you had to call them to see when they thought the saving train was going to come up if you wanted to get yourself one of these little dogs. And I kind of screwed up because I, I like had it was it was by appointment because of COVID only one person could go into the Humane Society at a time, so you know you couldn't just go there and look, and so you had to get an appointment. Everyone had to be by appointment only, and in fact I had like the perfect appointment where I could have gotten like the pick of the litter of like the thirty dogs or something that they got from Fresno, but just for various reasons, I thought I had, uh, whatever, I, I had a brain fart and I canceled it. So then I lost my, uh, I lost my spot. I was like, oh no, now I'll never get a, I'll never get one of these saving train dogs. But in fact, like several days later, so first off, like in the first day, the first freaking eight hours or something, every little dog that came from the saving train was gone. They were all taken because everyone was looking for a little dog, except for two little dogs. There's two little dogs that were left. And, like, I went on the website, and, like, you know, days later, two, three days later, still, they still had those two little dogs. And so I got one of them, and I think what it was, one of them had some sort of expensive medical condition, and I think, like, the Humane Society would help you pay for the, you know, the sick dog that you're going to have to be paying tons of medical stuff for it. So I don't know, you know, I don't, anyways, that didn't sound good. And then there was the dog that I got, and they didn't say what was wrong with him. But generally, I mean, he's, whatever, since I've had him, he's calmed down, he's a very good dog, but uh, when I first got him, basically, if you try to pat him on his head, he'd bite your ass. And so I think that's how I was able to get my little dog. I got myself a little biter, and it turns out just, you know, a little bit of normal amount of owner pet loving care uh, cured him of that. Although still, I wouldn't necessarily try and pet him on top of his head if you never met him. Twitter handle at anti-woke podcast and thanks for listening.